right. Who needs to talk about back, back at it again? Back at it again. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white bands. Wow, that really like came and went pretty quick. Welcome back, cuties, to Queen's Quest and Tropes. My name is Molly. That has not changed. I'm here with my co-host and Bessie. Bessie? Damn. Bestie? Shit. Bessie? That like give it a couple, give it a couple months and that's gonna be street slang. That'll be slang soon. Yeah. Bessie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, your name's Alyssa. <laughs> Not Molly. <laughs> we are back with episode 12. Can you guys believe it? We got a whole dozen of these kicking around on the internet. That is wild. Um, episode 12. We are talking hot off of the tales of our Akatar theories episode. We are talking Crescent City theories today, ladies and gentlemen. And there are some good ones. And, you know, we just have a lot of questions, too. And so, you know, we've got theories. And we've also got questions, questions that kind of border on theories in terms of, like, what do we think is going to happen? Arguably, maybe the most, I would say the most complicated of all of SGM's series, because it is easily. the only one, easily, because it is the only one that was technically written for an adult audience. Um, Silver Flames is clearly not YA, but the other ones do have a reading level that was originally YA. So definitely one of her her probably trickiest series. Absolutely. So there's lots in there, lots to unpack. Um, but before we do that, um, you know, we definitely wanted to acknowledge, like, you know, we took two weeks off from the podcast. There was no announcement because it was not really originally planned. Um, but there was lots of stuff happening in my life where, you know what, it just came recording day and I just couldn't, you know, it just wasn't going to be something that fit into my day without, you know, jeopardizing my mental health or meaning that I was only going to show up 50%. So, um, there's a lot, you know, that happens a lot, especially around the holidays and especially with seasonal depression. So we just wanted to like take a second, acknowledge if that is something that you were going through or think that you might be going through. Um, you're not alone. It's very, very common. It's not something to be stigmatized or concerned about. You should be concerned about it in the ways of like get help and know you're not alone, but you shouldn't be concerned that, you know, you're a freak or something for, for feeling that way. Yeah. I think we really wanted to, we wanted to hold ourselves accountable by saying, Hey, we know we were absent for a little bit and we're here and we missed you. But also we wanted to check in with you guys too. Like how are you doing cuties? Like how's your mental health right now? Um, seasonal depression hits us all differently. And especially those, if you are not super close with your family or you're far away from your family or you don't have that same bond, it definitely hits harder this time of year that adds to the seasonal depression with, you know, the getting dark earlier and not as much outdoor time, the colder weather. And so, um, I know one resource that I've kind of pushed out a little bit recently is betterhelp.com. Um, no, this is not an ad. It, it is something that I've used personally and I have uh, recommended it to many friends. It, it's very user-friendly. It works with most insurances and has payment plans for those who don't have insurance. And um, if you need someone to talk to, I, I, I mean, obviously DMs are open, but also for a better, uh, more professional opinion, betterhelp.com is definitely a good route to go. Um 
but yeah, we just, we wanted to check in and, and make sure that, um, we were real with you guys. Cause I think we want to always present and our, our most authentic self to you, to you all. And I know we post a lot of silly videos and we laugh a lot on social media, but there obviously is a lot of times that that's not what's going on behind the scenes. And, um, we know you guys feel that and relate to that. We're all unhinged here in, in the book talk world and the bookstagram world. So we all we're all unhinged here. We're all unhinged here. Okay. My literal direct quote, side note, my literal direct quote to MERS the other day while I was uh, editing Hellfire, I was like, I woke up hinged this morning. I was fully hinged. I was hinged. I am now completely unhinged. I'm off after. the hinges. Completely <laughs> off the hinges. The door, the whole hinge, all of it off. Thank you, MERS. That was your doing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hellfire, pre-order drops. Hellfire, pre-order drops, January 7th. Mark your calendars. We will be doing episodes for that too. But I know um, what made us so unhinged. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, on a a serious note, we want to check in with you guys, let you know that um, you're not alone. We're here for you. And um, we're all in this together. Virtually, if we can meet up in person, whatever. We're all in this together. Cue High School Musical song. That's exactly what I was doing. I hope you all like, in this <laughs> together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. So, we wanted to make a note of that, but on to the theories. Yes, yes, yes. So first off, um, recapping, we're going over Crescent City today of this uh, mass-tastic universe. And we know that Crescent City is a big ass book. First off, it is the largest book, I think, out of all of them. I think Agatha was the closest, but it's the largest out of all of the novels she has put out there. Um, Even if you're like not only page count, but like if you look at how tiny the words are on there, too, like there's a lot on the on the printed version. A lot of work. Um, there's a lot covered in this book. So now we know we're only in the first book of the series. So a lot's going to develop. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Um, so I kind of wanted to touch on my main unanswered questions as of this moment. Yes. And then I know Molly has a few theories for us to throw our way. That's some theory. Uh, <laughs> so my first unanswered question, who is Hunt's dad? Who's Hunt's dad? Who's your daddy? Who... <laughs> Not <laughs> uh, who's Hunt's dad? <laughs> I literally, that's very no inspiring minds want to know. Um, <coughs> I also kind of a build on that, not really a theory, but a question is I saw someone saying, um, Hunt's Archangel, we haven't really heard a lot about that, um, uh, and it's never really been mentioned whether that person is like certifiably dead. Um, it, it was rumored that she was killed, yeah. right? It was rumored that she was killed. Right. Exactly. But we don't have a body. And if there's anything yeah. I've learned, if there's anything I've learned from true crime, we <laughs> don't have a body. We don't have a body. And especially in a Sarah J. Mass world. Like if we don't have certifiable written in blood, proof we don't have dental records we don't have dental record confirmation Uh um so that's a big one as i've seen a lot of people discussing that if hunt and bryce are not endgame that his archangel will will come back into play because we don't have a body and they will be a couple Um, so do you do you think 
I know we've kind of we've kind of talked about this in an earlier episode, but do you think Hunt and Bryce are endgame? I do think I do think that Hunt and Bryce are endgame. And that actually is one of the theories that I have brought um, okay. today. So we'll we'll kind of like we'll jump right into that. Um, yeah, go for it. So I, I do think they're endgame and there's a couple different reasons. For starters, I mean, everybody knows that I love Run way more than I love Hunt. Um, the whole buying synth thing just like turned me off to hunt. I kept thinking, yeah, kept thinking. And a lot of people are like, that's how we know he's not end game. And I'm like, no, cause like mass is still pretty, like she's not afraid to have characters do questionable things, even though they are still like the quote unquote, she doesn't have like perfect shining hero. Like she, you know, um, they're all morally gray in some way. They commit murder. They do things. And you know, his reasoning was made sense to him. So like, it's not yeah. irredeemable. I just I, like him more, um, which I don't have a plot line. I don't have a, I don't have a theory for that, but I need to see so much of Run and this witch queen. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, I need they, all of that. They're going to be Maya Lorcan. They're yeah. going to be Maya Lorcan in this series. I'm going to go so hard for Run and the witch queen. Um, but so Hunt and, and Bryce being Endgame. So actually earlier today, um, on a fan account that I followed, Sarah J. Mass recently did a new interview and I didn't have the time, didn't have the time to watch it. Um, but they had posted several clips saying if this does not confirm Bryce Hunt Endgame, I don't know what, what, what does. Admittedly, I'm ill-researched and not very prepared. So I don't have the quotes as to what they were referring to, but Hot off the presses, as of earlier today, there were a couple Sarah J. Mass quotes floating around saying that this 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 has to confirm Endgame, Hunt and Bryce Endgame. But the theory, the theory that we are here for. So this is by Christina Reads 64 on Reddit. Christina Reads 64 on Reddit. Okay, so we all know that Sarah is probably going to pull a Tamlin or a Kale on Hunt, but I was thinking about how maybe Hunt is actually the Reese in House of Earth and Blood. This may also just be me clinging to a hope that Hunt doesn't turn out bad. He was trapped under Sandriel and Micah and super powerful, but couldn't reach his full power because of it. He also saved Bryce from dying, which is kind of like when Reese tried to kill Amarantha when she started to kill Feyre. And maybe Micah was supposed to be Tamlin. Like Bryce was interested in Micah at one point and he asked her out once. She also saved Micah from the... Castalis uh, a tone point, which is kind of like saving Tamlin from under the mountain, but a lot less intense. Maybe the reason she didn't fall head over heels for him is because she's a lot older and experienced. So maybe she sensed a red flag. And I see a lot of theories about Bryce and Adis, but Adis is kind of giving me serial vibes. IDKY. So a couple theories here, connections, connecting br- sorry, connecting Hunt's behavior more to Reese. So Reese was trapped under Amarantha. He couldn't access his full power. We have a similar situation happening here with Hunt and how he was kind of trapped under the system that he was trapped in. And, you know, we've got some saving of the lives going on and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot to be said about this is an adult series and the characters are adults and Bryce is older. And when yeah. Kaol and Tamlin, those both happened in her YA series. So. Right. We've got younger characters who are probably a little bit more prone, as we all are in our youth, to making guys and you know better want. So I think that's pretty sound. Also, knowing she's done it twice, 
I have seen a lot of theories just saying like, I don't think that her as a writer, she will recycle the same plot kind of again, that like first love interest. I can see it in her YA series. I understand what they're saying. Like that probably it, it makes more sense for an adult series, which Crescent City is that there is one couple, but they're older and they kind of go through a lot of shit together and there's more ups and downs and them working on stuff as opposed to the first love theory, which happens in Throne of Glass and Akatar. Also, the thing that I have always hung my hat on, and I've been saying this since I read Crescent City. Okay. Did none, do none of you remember Connor? Do none of you remember? That's what I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for my entry because I wanted you to get to a stopping point. My whole, here's my thing. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I see both ends of the argument about Hunt being in game. Yeah. However, yeah. where I lean a little more to Hunt being in game is because if you want to throw um, the Archangel in there, fine. But there was Connor and there was her boyfriend that she had when Connor died. So there's technically... Two and a half, if you want to, if you want to throw him in there too, um, of men that that were failed before Hunt, and and like technically they're not even officially together; they're just right. interested. Like they haven't even fucked yet. Right. So like, we there's still that. a whole lot of development for their relationship that could happen. Right. Um, I do think where um, my also hesitation comes in with our main MC boys, right? So if we're looking at um, Reese and Rowan, Mm -hmm. both of them, like, whereas Reese was under Amarantha, they were both very healed, put together men when they Mm -hmm. entered the picture, right? Yeah. 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 They had, they had done things on their own. They were put together men and Hunt is very much unhinged, right? Yeah. He's unhinged. So like, that's where I'm like, okay, is she going to have a whole other plot, like arc development for him separately? because of that which i do know they hinted that they're not going to be quote-unquote together for part of this book for themselves or whatever bullshit um but that's my only that's my hesitation there also because we don't know his ex-love interest and i'm drawing a blank on her name right now we do not have it written in blood or any dental records of her actually being dead so she could just be like captured somewhere and she could enter the chat again and then like that could be a whole other thing so like I, I wouldn't put it past Sarah to do the same thing again. I wouldn't put it past her. Yeah. yeah. But also I feel like there's so much evidence showing that Hunt is in game. And how could anyone forget Connor? Let's just go back. How could anyone right. forget like Connor? Everybody is always like, oh my God, Hunt's the first love interest. That means he's not going to be in game. One, they're not even really technically love interests yet. Like uh-huh. they're let's, let's like infatuated. Let's, they're infatuated. They're crushing on each other. But like Kale and Tamlin, those were relationships. Those like they were love interests. And like she's interested in him, yes. But like he's not technically. They're not well, even a thing yet. So tell also, so they gave favor one love interest, right? She gave favor Tamlin. Yeah. Aelin had Dorian and Kale and that whole love triangle thing going on. So she technically had two before that. And and so on top of that, like And there was Sam. And there was Sam. There's three. Aelin had three. Aelin had three. So to say that Hunt is a second love interest, or to say that Hunt is the first love interest, so he's doomed. One, it's a might be even a bit of a stretch to call him a love interest. And two. How do you forget Connor? 
How do you forget Connor? There's a literal love interest, a first one that happened in that book who was taken from us. And it was a the part of the epilogue that made me like, that's when I was like, oh, look, I can cry more. Um, Literally. Honestly, epilogue. I'm still crying about that one. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I obviously like Hunt. But I'm still mourning Connor. Like, I don't know. We're not, we're not moving on from that ever. Oh, no. So I don't, I just think that the, he's the first love interest. It's not going to happen. I it's just not a solid feel, argument. I just don't feel like it's a, it's a, it's a solid argument. Now, do I think anything goes? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not saying anything with certainty. Um, but I don't think the, he's the first love interest. Um, I don't think the the theory that well it's doomed because he's the first love interest is a failed theory. I I don't think that that's solid. Will the relationship fail or not go anywhere? There's potential for that, but I wouldn't say necessarily just because it's that like first love theory. I had watched a clip that Sarah that was a direct quote from Sarah, mm-hmm. um, where she was talking about writing Crescent City, right? Mm-hmm. And she said when she originally started writing it. Mm-hmm. Hunt was not a love interest. Mm. And as she was writing the scene where Bryce is being interrogated after the death of Danica, spoiler alerts, if you're listening to this, you've read the book. Yeah, you don't listen to this, you've never read the book. If they're listening to fan theories, they've read it. Moving along. Um, while, <laughs> while Bryce is in the interrogation room, Hunt walks in, right? Yep. And Sarah said at that moment, she goes, oh, this guy. Actually. Yes. And yeah. so that also kind of... I guess you could interpret that either way of like, she didn't intend for Bryce to be with him. So they're not going to be together or, okay. She didn't intend for it, but now they're in game because here we are type of thing. Um, as, or as you know, very well know your characters kind of do what they want when they want. So like, who knows what twists and turns is going to have for us. I think if I had to put money down today, I think hunt will be in game. I think hunt will be in game. I think that we will get our hearts broken. Now, now hear me out. Yeah. I think Hunt is endgame, but the second book is not the end of the series. Right. So I think that Hunt is endgame. I am anticipating, I'm fully anticipating them to be broken up and like this will leave me in shatters. But I, when I say right. endgame, I mean end of the, the series. Kind of like a kind of like a twilight moment, right? So like twilight, you fall yeah. in love, then you have yeah. new moon where we're all crying the entire I think, book. I think this is our new moon. I'm getting down. a vibe. I'm getting a vibe. I feel like this is our new moon. We're gonna be upset. We're gonna be upset about something. Yeah. Maybe multiple things. Yeah. Yeah. At For least sure. one thing. <laughs> um, but speaking of the second one and this being our new moon, uh my second, my other favorite theory that I want to present to you and friends, if you are able, if you're driving, please don't do this. Um, but if you're able, I highly recommend pulling up a photo of the house of sky and breath cover art. While yeah. we talk through this, I have it pulled up on my screen here and we're going to talk through some of the symbology, some, some, some theories about the symbology of the cover. Yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. Because I should have been an English major and this is how my brain fucking works. Um, but to be clear, also, these are not my theories. Um, this is from Ray on frozen wings on Tumblr. So her theories on the symbology and the cover are Ray on frozen wings. So if you've got the, again, if you've got the cover image pulled up, let's talk about that. Um, 
Do, 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 do. Here we go. Okay. So if we look closely at Hunt's face, so we are zooming in on Hunt's face. Yep. We have some lovely cutouts in terms of flowers and this almost like carved porcelain, almost looks like carved ivory effect on the skin. Um, the artist who does this, these cover arts does like that effect on, it's just part of their art. So that's more of a stylistic decision. However, it says he does appear to have horns above each eyebrow, or if you look above the nose, it could almost be a crown or a crescent moon shape. That shape really isn't repeated anywhere else on the cover, except on the head below him where it looks like eyebrows. But these horns go in the opposite direction and they look like horns. So he's got this kind of shape above his brow where it could look yep. like horns or a crescent moon. Or yep. if it's a crown, could have three points. Um, so there's something there with, I don't know if we are making, the po- the portals to hell were closed as we know, but we've got this cat boy demon who is now yes. hanging around and is very interested in hunt. So there could be some allusions to hell. Um, I've also heard some pretty wonderful theories about hell potentially having a night court vibe where everybody thinks it's actually this terrible, terrible place unless you are in it. So could yeah. see some redemptions for hell, even though the, you know, the porters were, the porters were closed. Um, and then we have Hunt's eyes. One is bright and the other one is dark. So a lot of people think that that means that there's some mixed ancestry there. Obviously, we want to know who is Hunt's dad. So what's the hidden secrets there? It also does match Bryce on House of Earth and Blood. Uh-huh. She's got the same thing. Um, well, with Bryce, it was the white of the eyes that were dark. And with Hunt, it's the iris. So some parallels between the two. So we could get some stuff about like, you know, is it the mixed ancestry? But it does also oh. parallel. Parallels what she looks like. If we take a pause. Just yeah. on the face here. Yeah. I, if I had to guess, that looks like a crescent moon to me. It looks like a crescent moon. I'm, I'm here for the crescent moon theory. I see crescent moon more than I see horns. Horns, um, I feel like would be up on the head, not on the brow. I, I see a crescent moon. I would agree with you. I feel crescent moon with that. Um, I definitely think we're going to get an insight into his background in this novel. Yeah. So I think that that with the two eyes, it definitely is going alluding to his origins. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce also with the two eyes, but we also did see her secret life, right? In the first novel, we obviously knew what it was immediately, but like it was a secret to everyone else. And so that could be the parallel there with the eyes just in a different manner. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> What else did we say here? I think that's all I have for now. Yeah. There were flowers too. Um, yeah. But I think it's a moon. I think it's a I would moon. agree. I think it's a moon. Um, and then if you move in, obviously he's holding a snake. Um, a lot of people talking about this being a Garden of Eden reference. If there's some sort of like powers of good and evil, um, Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. Do we have some sort of like Bryce and Hunt thing being kicked out of a, of a, you know, a perceived paradise of some kind? Are they rocking uh-huh. the status quo in some way? Um, right. However, again, important to note that the artist who did this cover does really seem to love snakes. So it could just be also, that. Also, there, there's a snake in, in the original Crescent City mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. art too. And it's like by Bryce's heart, right? Yep. I'm pulling it up right now. Yep. When you zoom then on, this one's interesting because when you move to the center of the cover, 
uh, right through like house of like those things, we see a blade and the blade, it, it looks like it's coming out of a wolf. Like there's a wolf head and a blade. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So looks like a wolf sword. Obviously there's a lot of, you know, swords, <laughs> wolf swords, big deal. Um, saying, is this a reference to Sabine? Is it a reference to the wolf sword that had the power that Danica wielded for her whole family? Is it a reference to another mythical creature? Um, but we do have some sort of like wolf blade. So I think everyone knows this kind of nonsense with Sabine is not over. Right. There's no Um, way it's over yet. Yeah, no way. So then kind of in the swirls around where it says Sarah J. Mass, um, we do have more wolves and it it, it seems some the, the, Ray here on Tumblr says that they appear to be baying. They appear to be making noise. Again, could be a reference to other shapeshifters, could be a reference to Sabine. Um, However, this is uh, very cute. So also in some of the lettering, a little trickier to see, but some people have already found it. There is an alicorn, which is a Pegasus unicorn. So we got a reference to Jelly Jubilee. Um, So like, guys, if they're not endgame, like... You are going to put a little alicorn in the cover, hidden in the symbology. And that was a moment that Bryce and Hunt had. And like, you're not going to make them end game. Right. That is deep. Right. That is deep seating. If yeah. you're going to make him not end game. Right. Right. <clears throat> I, I, I feel like it has to have a major like major shift and not saying Sarah can't do that. Cause we all, we all know she can, but yeah. like it has to be a major shift where she feels confident that people are going to ship both of these characters. I think at that point right. in other relationships, if she's going to go that route, like it's, or someone's going to die. Uh, yeah. That's really your only option. It's like, we were somewhat like, okay, Akatar will probably have a happy ending. It is YA, but like, this, I, this, is, this is her adult series. Like there's a very real potential, I think for all of us to be heartbroken. I will say she um, has said she likes happy endings for her novels. Like, she does. So I'm going to hold on to that hope. She does. That, uh, she does. The it, hope it will stay there. Quite the pivot. Um, okay. So next question that I want answered. That's, yeah. the, that's the end of the, the end of the cover, right? End of the cover. Those are the two theories that I had prepared here. Um, we've, all, we've heard, and I think we already discussed that Akatar, Throne of Glass, and Crescent City all take place in the same universe. Okay, so yeah. here is something that um, I saw. Oh, I think I still have it pulled up, maybe. Maybe not. Okay, I saw this somewhere. They were discussing the one of the books that's in the li- in uh, Jessica's library. Mm-hmm. And did I take a screenshot of it? It's the same name. I didn't. I didn't take it off. Um, the same name as the book mentioned in Akatar for being able to control the cauldron. Oh, breathless, breathless something. Oh, oh gosh, oh. I've lost it. Um, oh. I feel like that would be, I didn't fact check it, fact check it. And I obviously lost it just now looking up the cover art. I could probably go back and find it, but it's going to take too much time to be honest. That's fine. Um, so I feel like this would be something that would be widely all over if it, if it checked, you know, like if it yeah. was that blatant of having I the think exact we same like name the book, that. 
the whole yeah. internet would have already latched onto it. But I'm just saying that is a rumor um, on Reddit. So it could be. We do know the universes are connected. I personally think Jessica might be able to maneuver between these realms. Um, how is she collecting all these artifacts? Where are all of them coming from? How is she getting them? Right? Yeah. And so yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jessica was able to walk through these realms. Yeah. Um, not only like through like Akatar and Crescent City, but also like over to Hill and like right just everywhere. Um, we know that her and Adis are in cahoots and uh, they got something going on there. So yeah. well, I'm interested to find out what that is. Adidas. Yeah. I always want to call him Adidas. I. I listen to the audiobook, so Adis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I never do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I travel a lot. Yeah. But um, so that one, that one's one. Also, also, I want to know who Fury's employer is. Yeah. 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 Because like, no one fucks with Fury. And she showed up and they all were like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. There's something, there's something there. And I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow she's actually in cahoots with Jessica. Jessica? Yeah. I also need more Fury and Juniper content. Yeah. I need that. Yeah. Too. Yeah, like I, I, I cheer hard for for Juniper and her, her ambitions. Exactly. I need, I need them together more. I need more of them. Yeah. But I, I mean, look, I'll player. say this right now great like i'll uh, hunt and bryce i'm here for it okay I, but i'm i'm being very careful with my heart here I'm being careful with my heart but i'm all fucking in on run and the witch queen i'm yeah. in on it and like you know what no one is shocked because like reese and vera fine but i was all in on nesta and cassian and yep. rowan and aelin fine but i was all <laughs> in on a lead and lorkin and now here we are again and i'm all in <laughs> I'm all in on Run and the Witch Queen because <laughs> I will never simp for the main character as much as I simp for the problematic woman and the grumpy sunshine himbo sometimes actually is a dick death god who is a secondary character. I get that. I get that. I think the only one that I um the only one that I simp over is uh Castile. Yeah. Yeah. He's a man, he's made man, but fucking love yeah, that guy. But I just, there's, I, there's no one I go harder for in a Sarah J. Mass series. I know. <laughs> the secondary couple. Sarah J. Mass, yeah. Then the secondary couple. And I never got, I never get the smut that I want until Akasif. Like never got it with the Lorcan. Finally, I got it with Akasif. But if I don't fucking get it, if, she lorkins me. It's a verb now. If she lorkins me with Run and the Witch Queen, I'm gonna be pissed. Honest, I, she can't. She can't. <sighs> right? Don't know. I need. I need Run X-rated content. I need it. The other thing I want to know about too is our Fish Boy Therian. Yeah, Fish Boy. Fish Boy. He's too hot. He's too hot. Just leave alone. He's but if you think hot. about it. They left Fenris alone and he was also very hot. And they just were like, yeah, okay. True. And they didn't give him anyone either. Who isn't hot? Everyone's kind of hot, you know? But he's very hot. But like, but like, 
very high sexual energy. But I feel like he's going to throw wrenches in the Hunt and Bryce arc. You think? Yeah, I think he's going to show up and just be always putting the moves on Bryce. And we're going to get we're going to get a little love triangle. I don't think it's going to be a full blown love triangle, but I think Hunt's going to like see a couple things and like, you know, miscommunication, jealousy trope, whatever, just because she loves the otters so much. She does love the otters a lot. I get that. I get that. Right. Um, So I I feel like he's going to throw just because she loves those otters so much, you know, I feel like that's going to throw in a couple of some wrenches in their plan. What do you feel about like Adis? Do you think he's going to, I mean, he obviously isn't done here. He's going to be a, a much bigger role. Yeah. You know, she doesn't give us a demon prince for like no reason. Um, no, no one ever does a demon prince for no reason. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be very, he, he gives me like Loki vibes, like God, like trickster God, like, Hermes Trigamas, like, I feel like he gives me Loki vibes where it's like, will he be evil? No. Will he be good? Also, no. Like, he's very much just going to be like, this is my mood, bitches. Like, also, I'm pretty positive Adis knows who Hunt's daddy is. He does. Yeah. No, he does. Yeah. It's the only reason he's there. So I feel like he's just going to be those that, that guy who like swings into scenes and then he's like, <laughs> do you know who your dad is? And then like fuck something up. And then he's leave. literally, he's literally going to be the cereal. Yeah. But like more, more impish. Cause the cereal just, the, the, the just cereal. Like showed up. The cereal. <laughs> Frosted flakes. <laughs> Frosted, old flock, Frosted flakes over here. Um, the cereal had to be captured and it was this whole thing, you know, like process. they weren't like, I feel like he stirs the pot, you know, yeah, Adis just shows up as a cat and is like, right. Like nobody can... who shows up as a, as a cat is of pure intention. Like that's not like sending an otter, you know, and that's fucking, right. cute. <laughs> that's fucking cute. Nobody who shows up as a cat is a hundred percent like anything. So I feel like he's going to be just kind of like, picking the worst times intentionally to like drop helpful information. Like it's helpful. We need to know who Hunt's dad is, but he will probably be helpful to stir the pot in the most un like at the worst times. Okay. So here's my next question because we know Sarah J mass and we know what we think the series is going to be about is not ever what the series is going to be about. Right. Like if we think about, um, throwing a glass. We thought it was going to be a fun little assassin novel where she goes on some assassin adventures. Yeah. Clearly we were wrong. When we think about Akatar. it's like just a girl who's trying to save her family and like, look where that turned out. Yeah. So far. Anyway, that one's not concluded either. But, um, so we know, we know we probably have a lot of twists and turns to buckle up for on this roller coaster in this rodeo of sorts. Um, mm-hmm. what is your, major prediction relationship aside because obviously we we talked about our our hunt and bryce whole shenanigans what is your major prediction for the next novel what do you think is going to happen yeah well i think we're we're on our way to a full-blown like revolution you know it's not this whole thing about like the drugs or like the synth or like a couple murders like you know it's not a fun assassin novel like basically the plot points of the first book only exists to get to the real conflict in the second. So right. I think we are clearly headed towards, because Bryce and Hunt know too much now. Like, yeah. she was the bitch who vacuumed Micah. Like, 
on live. She live streamed it. Live streamed it. Like some girl was out there on Twitch with the headset, like live streaming that massacre. And then, you know, all the, the top dogs kind of swooped in at the end and then said like, say nothing. And then like swooped out, like that's not just going away. So I think it's fairly obvious. I don't think that's a hot take, but I think we're, we're clearly headed towards a full blown revolution of, yeah. of equal power distribu- distribution amongst the characters and the creatures and the different species of folks in that world. Right, 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 right. Obviously a rebellion. Yeah, big rebellion. Down with the archangels. Because I feel like we're, you know, I'm not saying it's a whole chosen one trope, but I feel like we're going to definitely have a lot of like, I could see a real obvious arc for Hunt where he's like, ha I've done this before. It doesn't go well. And Bryce right. is like, we're the chosen ones. It doesn't matter. Like, we got to do the thing. Like, there's a pretty like, which could mean that I, it goes in the opposite direction, but I agree. Um, because like clearly Bryce is the chosen one with our starborn right. power. So there's obviously right. going to be right. um more development around that because um mm-hmm. now she has all of this new power to do whatever with um that she didn't have before. Yeah. Do you think now I saw this on a Reddit feed? Mm-hmm. you think Danica will come back in some way, shape or form? I'm going to just, I'm going to cop out of that question and just say like, nothing would surprise me. You know, um, yeah. I, I would be surprised. I mean, I take that back. I, I, I don't see that happening because part of the, the gut punch that was Danica doing the drop with Bryce yeah. Yep. meant that the last of her soul truly vanished. So she wasn't yep. even in the afterworld anymore. Yeah. I feel like you're going to undo a really powerful moment in the series. If you then bring Danica back. Um, that being said, nothing, right. nothing, almost nothing would shock me with a mass novel. So I, I feel like bringing Danica back is reaching. Um, yeah. yeah. Because of that. Yeah. Like that was, that was part of why we were all bawling because. Right. She was giving up her soul to do this, right? And so, like, I feel like if if she came back in some way, shape, or form, it's very soap opera-y. Um, like, you're dead, but you're not really dead, but you're still not really dead. You know, like, that. that's very, um, there are ways to get around it, but I feel like, I feel like that was the final chapter of Danica, but I did see it um, commented on a few Reddit posts. Yeah. I wanted to know what your thoughts were on it. Yeah. Um, it's a reach, but mm-hmm. stranger mm-hmm. things happened. I read Throne of Glass after all the books were out. Yeah, um, yeah. I read Akatar. All of them except Akasif was out. Yeah. out. So like I was lucky enough to get all of them. Yeah. In one I sitting. Exact right? same. Exact same. The only the only Sarah J. Mass novel I've ever waited on was Akasif. And now the second I read yep. everything else with all of my yep. answers were right around the corner. Exactly. And so like I remember the, the, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next poll. And the, like, I have to immediately start this next book now. Mm-hmm. And I did that clearly because I had it. It was right there. The longest I had to wait was uh, two seconds to purchase it on Amazon and get it on my Kindle. Like that was, that was it. So like, I didn't have to wait this long. <laughs> yeah. So I, rough. And so I, I feel like my mind is just spinning with all of the possibilities of what could happen and where this could go. And like, I think she's such a brilliant writer that like all of our predictions, everyone in the fandom, 
all of our predictions could be completely wrong and it would still yeah. work. And nothing, yeah, nothing would, I'm at that, at that, like, honestly, it's just, it's a mass series. So like, you got to just be real careful and be attached to no one except run in the witch queen. True. <laughs> yeah, guys, those, those are my theories. Those are our thoughts. I think that's um, what we are looking forward most to see. So House of Sky and Breath is out in Feb. We're close. We're so close. We're so close. Um, so far away. Work off. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I will not be, but um, I don't know. Maybe put nothing past me. Um, There are no rules here. You know what? There are no rules. I take that back. Who knows what I'll do? Um, Let us know your theories. Let us know your comments. Drop them all. Send us a note, a carrier pigeon. Send us an otter. You know, send us an otter. With your thoughts. Send us an order. Um, I will be posting before this comes out. So you're probably going to see it on our social media. But um, we do have a winner. I know <laughs> we have a winner of the Book Boyfriends March Madness and November and December uh, competition. And it is with much um, disappointment. Bullshit. <laughs> the Resand one. <laughs> Even after I told you guys that was the wrong answer. I told you it was the wrong answer, and he still won. Really? Um, really? Really? Cassian was second with, he was down by like 70 votes, which is a lot of votes, unfortunately. And then Castile was behind that um, by even more than that. So Resand won. I, I, I'm oh, not going to oh, say I'm disappointed, but I, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> I feel like a disappointed. I feel like a disappointed parent. Um, I feel like a disappointed parent. Uh, we're just kidding. We love you guys. We just, we just accepted. Nope, I don't right now. <laughs> nope. Speak for yourself. <sighs> Some people have asked us too. Will we do this again without the bat boys? Um, and I said, no, <laughs> no, we won't. We won't. I was like, this is a lot. I also can't count, which is why we had three in the finale and not two. So I clearly am. I'm new to this. Okay. Um, uh, I'm so disappointed in all of you. It's the most basic decision. <laughs> Get him out of here. Um, but <laughs> I was talking about this with Amanda though earlier today, my sister. On I feel like if if we take Resand while he's under the mountain and before him and Pharaoh become mates, I like him then. The rest of the series, nah. He, I mean, I don't not like him. I talk a lot of shit. I don't not like him. And obviously no, I, I simmed hard like during him. the whole thing. I simmed hard during the whole series. It's just like, I'm sorry. Like when fucking Cassian is an option, like. I, he's not a bad character to choose. It's not like whoever sent in freaking Edward and Jacob from Twilight. Yeah. I, you nominated them. I didn't pull these people out of nowhere. No, I think or it was Peter Malark. Peter, yeah, it was Peter Malark that sent me, and I was like, "Who's who is still out here saying that?" Like Peter, 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 what? what the fuck? We were judging those, but we judged those with Resand. I get it. I just, I just when you, when you have Cassian and Castile next to Resand, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Exactly. And on that note, cuties, <laughs> send us an otter with all of your thoughts. 
We will be back next week. Um, maybe not the exact same time, maybe a day or two's difference, but you know, same place. And you know, we're, like, winging, it. we're winging it. And remember the three golden rules of Queen's Quest and Tropes. Dragons are always a good idea. Christians ruin everything and practice safe witchcraft. Uh, and on that note, we will talk to you later. Bye.